Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 94 of Wins Above Fantasy. Today is Thursday, April 6th. Uh, I am filling in hosting duties for Van Burnett, who is currently in India, which sounds like an amazing trip. Uh, The timing is a little tough for, uh, you know, uh, uh, being a fantasy baseball uh, nerd and everything and having a podcast. I've been giving him a little slack for that, but uh, we're one week into the season. I've been filling him in as he's overseas with the important news, and that's kind of what we're going to do here. We're going to do like a, a week one recap episode, and to do that, I have a very special guest on, uh, my good friend, not only through baseball, but just in life, uh, and that is Dan Weber. Dan, what's up? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Steve. Um, I filled in uh, your previous podcast life. We did a podcast together, so I hope we still have the mojo together. Um, happy to be here. I listen to the podcast a lot. Um, you and Van are great, so uh, it's big shoes to fill. But um, yeah, you know, a lot of our relationship uh, centers on fantasy baseball, so happy to talk and um get this podcast going yeah i mean we do this just in general so why not uh have you feeling and and uh come on and do it do a podcast about it i mean this is what we do all day long like you said anyway so uh all right before we get started let's let you know tell everyone a little bit about yourself what you do your background you have a an interesting background in baseball which is which is pretty cool uh what leagues you play and and everything like that and how you're you know just involved in fantasy and everything like that yeah. Um, so I work in sports. Um, so, you know, fantasy kind of goes hand in hand. Um, I, I'm, I grew up a Mets fan, so I'm a huge Mets fan, big hockey and baseball guy. Um, I don't want to talk about the last couple of days with the Mets, but um, I'm going to the home opener on Friday, which was supposed to be tomorrow, but it got postponed. So that'll be really fun. Um, currently, I am in the finals of my fantasy hockey league. Uh, which we call the JV Fantasy Hockey League, which I'm excited about. But um, for baseball, I do three leagues. Um, and they're, most of them are head-to-head, but I've done an AL, I've done an NL-only league, which was auction, which was really fun. I've done a Roto League. Most of the ones I'm in now are head-to-head. Um, but they're mostly deep leagues, so you really need to be on top of your stuff. Uh, you know, you need to be scouring the waiver wire, Kind of, there really aren't names that you shouldn't know. Like you should basically know most of the guys on rosters, and you need to act quick. and And that's kind of how you can get ahead in fantasy. I feel like when you're early in the year, like around times like now, you need to be able to act quick, pivot, cut cut bait, and pick guys up because you know this is when you find the diamonds in the rough. Um, so kind of like a league like Steve and I are in together. It's fourteen teams, and uh, you got to be really quick to to be on the waiver wire and pick up assets. Yeah. And the daily league too. And, you know, I, I know that 
that's kind of what we're going to get into. And I think it's a good segue, just like an early strategy, because there really is no time. I think I was talking about it last week with Van. There is no time. It's such a unique time period in fantasy because everything's so new. You don't you don't have as much information. You're still finding out roles and finding out what swing changes and adjustments are actually real. So there's really no time like this as far as like when we could soak in and be a sponge of like all this information. And, you know, I, 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 I know you mentioned that, but the, I, I always just say to you and to our friends, whatever, like there, if there's a player that you don't know about, then like nobody knows about them. Like, like that's how I, I you know, deep your knowledge goes. So uh, that's why I think is a great fit that you come on and, and, just talk about everything going on early in this week. And that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to recap week one of, of fantasy, just, you know, highlight players that are interesting. Um, we'll get into a bunch of names later on um, hitters and pitchers, both good performances and bad. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be like a primer to sort of catch up. If you, if you did take a trip to India and, and miss the first uh, week or so uh, of fantasy baseball, but I guess to take the long way around to, to that nice segue that you did there, uh, like your early strategy, is that something that you change throughout the year? Are you normally this aggressive? Are you more aggressive early in the year? Like how quickly are you dropping guys? Like, is there a certain round that you wouldn't touch? Uh, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just funny. Like you, you go to baseball Twitter now, it's like, I know it's too early to drop this guy, but, and then there's a reason of whoever's hot on the waiver wire. And then, you know, whatever eighth round pick that you probably shouldn't be dropping is struggling or, you know, uh, if like Lars Newbar goes to the IL and all of a sudden the preseason darling is no longer as, uh, you know, as sexy of a name, there's always sort of that thing. Like, do you try to avoid dropping big names? Are you more aggressive? Like what, what's your overall? I like to be aggressive. Um, I think that there's league winners out there now. We just don't know who they are. And you see it every year. There are guys out there that are waiver wire fodder and they have a hot week and then it's a hot month and they're an all-star and then they're, you know, a top five round pick the next year. There aren't many of them, but they're out there. Um, and, and so I think the more you can turn your roster over and, and get in and get shares of guys, that, that is kind of how you can win. Um, I kind of like to work backwards, kind of like from my last, let's say it's a 20, 21 round league, you know, 2019 through 22, you can kind of churn over, you know, dump them, bring somebody else in. Um, it, it, it's hard though, because I, I, for an example, I have Craig Kimbrell in our league. Mm-hmm. And like he's gotten shelled twice, but like the Phillies are one and five, and like there's no the closer and, role is undefined. And he has that's going to be a good team. He hasn't pitched in a safe situation, right? And he had, like literally has the yips in non-safe situations, which is and like they're one and five. They're gonna they're gonna get Bryce Harper back and be like probably a wild card team if he's the closer. That's like that's like a top eight, top seven yeah. closer in baseball. But I'm sitting here now like staring at like You're, let's say it's like a James Outman. And you're like, that guy could win you a league. Your mouse is hover- your you- mouse is hovering over the drop button on Kimbrel, like right, like several times a day. For sure, right. And I, I think top ten rounds you have to be a lot more patient with. Uh, but it's the closers now. There are guys that are getting opportunities that you know, right? If they get 
they start like AJ Puck's a good one. Mm-hmm. I picked him up in our league. I, he's got great stuff, like, and he's getting save opportunities. He gave up a couple of runs here and there, but you watch him and you see why a team like the Marlins wanted to bring him in. You get a guy like him, he could be like a 35, 40 save guy on a Marlins team that's going to, you know, have decent pitching. Uh, it, it's tough to really say a strategy, but I think for me personally, I, I like to try and grab as much of the hot bats and sexy closers and pitchers and just get shares of them and then see what happens. Yeah, you kind of just got to throw Because they're unknown and the you throw stuff against the, un- the wall to and, me, and see if it sticks. Yeah. The unknown, you never know. Yeah. And like those guys, like I said, can win you leagues versus having some, you know, 15 to 20 homer outfielder. That's just kind of a, you know, somebody who's just going to not really play for you that much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a tough line to, to, to navigate and the, the margins are thin, but I think in general, Early in the season, it is better to be more aggressive. And then also, you get six months of a production rather than an ad in August where you only get two, right? Like, in theory, if you find a guy for your roster in April, that's going to help you for more time and for greater volume. And then later in the year, it's just something to sort of think about as to why you uh, to, to you know you're not being aggressive uh all right and to throw you to a fire uh, before we get into some names i know you brought up some good ones if you could only roster if you had to drop one of puck or kimbrel who are you who are you dropping right now if that if that was a decision that you had to make oh man i would i would probably drop kimbrel i i that's so hard. Yeah. I would I would drop Kimbrel. I would because Puck has gotten save opportunities. And I actually think that Marlins team's gonna be pretty good. Like pitching wise, maybe yeah. Hover. Yeah. Right. I think they could be a couple games under five hundred. They're gonna be in low scoring games. I, I think Puck you know it, he was a really high draft pick. He's, he's got funky stuff. He's like kind of like an Andrew Miller type. Mm-hmm. I, I see value in him. Um unless they do the Dylan Floro thing, which is really frustrating. Um, Kimbrel, it's just like you're right, he's got the yips, and it's like his he's a name, but his production might not be that. Mm-hmm. Puck will give you the production, mm-hmm. Puck is still kind of trending upward. Was traded for Blade, which he was like a big prospect, so they want to use him. Um, Kimbrel at the Phillies with their bullpen is always just such a disaster, and, and they have, I, I mean, Dominga, uh, Saranthi Dominga is also like could do the job too. If if Kimbrel Soto, yep, Soto, who's been bad, but like. He's closed. Yes, he's closed before. So, oh. yeah, I, I, I agree. I would I would hold on to Puck, too. Um, cool. All right. We got into names a little bit earlier than than I, I thought we would, but that's that's totally fine. Uh, that, that was a, a, a good way to throw you right to the fire with a, a sort of a quick would you rather there. Um, we are going to take a quick ad break, and then we are going to get into some interesting names. We'll start off with some hitters uh, and get you caught up on the weekend. We'll be right back. Fads come and go. And nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, 
not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 numers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, uh, Dan, let's get into it. Uh, this is a name that we talked offline a bunch. I know that you were sort of in on him on spring. Uh, there were some changes. It was a name that I think you, you asked us to hit on uh, in, in a previous episode. Um, but that's Nolan Gorman. Um, he has been pretty good, and I think he's kind of shocked people with how much he's played. I, I know that there's been some you know, with the fact that Donovan has second base full time after, you know, the swing change and winning a gold glove last year, um, a crowded outfield, um, Jordan Walker making the team. I think Nolan Gorman was kind of forgotten because it just was kind of assumed that he would be like the odd man out, but he really hasn't been. Um, he's at least on the strong side of the platoon being a lefty uh, and has gotten a good amount of at bats. I know there's, some drama going on with Tyler O'Neill, whether he hustled out a, 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 a run home and all that going on. I don't want to get too much into that, but hey, that opens up some another spot for Gorman. Uh, what have you seen about Gorman that's encouraging? Why was he a name that you wanted to highlight uh, early on? With Gorman, you know, he's a sexy name because he was a big prospect. And not all prospects are linear. And I'm always trying to buy low on the guy who might have came up and not performed, but you can get him really cheap that next year. Uh, the, the Cardinals believe in him. Unfortunately for Gorman now, I feel like in a lot of leagues, he's probably picked up or not picked up. He's probably picked up already or probably owned. In, in most deep, in most 14, 15 leagues, yeah, he was probably a big name on Fab if there was a weekly league. Um, Right, but he might still be out there in twelve. Like, and I think yeah, he's still you know, got value. I'll there. let you speak. I'll let you speak to the position, uh, to to the, the the battles there because you seem to know it with Brandon Donovan and Newt Bar. Yeah, and, kind and, of Van, and, all and that. Van's a Van's a Cardinal fan, so I, I know their depth chart like the back of my hand. And also, I have a ton of shares of Cardinals just across all of my leagues this year, so I am definitely in tune there. But. I would say it's great power. You know, it's like 70 grade power, a great left-handed swing. So he's going to play the, the, the better side of the platoon. Um, he, he's only DH this year, I think. 
Yeah, that's. I right. don't know if he's playing. So he's probably just second base eligible. Um, but if we get into it, you know, his barrel percentage is twenty five percent. Exit velocities are about the same. I saw his walk rate was up twenty percent. So he's probably seeing the ball a little better. Um, I had said uh, asked you guys to talk about it. An article I'd seen where he had adjusted to the high fastball in spring training and was really starting to, to cause damage and turn on it a little bit and not be so susceptible to it. And for a big prospect like that, that might be all the difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, the ball hit off Chris Bassett, man, like it was like a 440 foot shot. Like there, it was impressive. There is no doubt about his power. Like he ran ISOs like, you know, well north of 200, most of his stops in the minors. You know, there were some some stints here and there when he moved up a level in 2019, but still, um, you know, in, in 2022 and when he was sent down to the minors, he hit 16 home runs in 43 games and had a 310 ISO, which is ridiculous. So the power is there. Um, but like you said and, and what you hinted at, I think the most encouraging thing, and it's something that, is somewhat meaningful in, in this short sample. It's, it's the plate skills. He's, he's striking out at just 23.5% of the time, which is down from 33% last year, right? Like when you get to that 33% range, like unless you're hitting like 40 home runs, you're kind of not really playable. Um, you're unplayable. Yeah. 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 I, I just, we'll talk about it with, uh, with a certain uh, third baseman on the Rangers. Yeah. 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 And his, his O swing, so his chase rate, the, the amount that he's swinging outside the zone, is down from 34% to 17.4%. Sure, there might be some regression in both of those numbers, but like, in order for Gorman to be a useful fantasy player, he needs to strike out like 28, 29% of the time, which, you know, that that's all he kind of needs to do. And I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but you know, when Austin Riley first came up, like he was striking out above 30% of the time and then just slowly chiseled away at that, at that K rate and became this all around player that, you know, truly broke out. Um, I'm not saying that Gorman is going to be a, you know, first, second rounder, but he could be a useful fantasy player with just a little bit improvement in the K rate, which is he's showing signs of doing so far, which is encouraging. And part of the reason I like Gorman, and it's a lot of the reason I like a lot of these guys, are he was Gorman was a mid first round pick a couple of years yeah. ago. You know, I think it was 18th or 19th overall in 2019. Like you're talking about a guy that they have a lot invested in, who has first round ability. Mm-hmm. It, not everyone comes to the major leagues and tears a cover off the ball. It's the major leagues for a reason. These guys can make adjustments, and there's ability in there that was the reason he was the 19th best you know, player in a, in a draft class. Um, so I, I really like him. Um, he's a, he's an interesting player and, and, you know, if at a position second base, that's it's up and down. If you can get him in there and he's going to start kind of running with that DH a little bit, I I think it's a, it's great. It's a great value. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that second base, especially with the Altuve injury is more shallow than you think. And if he hits like the Cardinals are just going to find a way to, to get him in the lineup. Uh, And, you know, like we said before, like the downside is the strong side of a platoon at DH. So uh, I don't, I don't think 
it's too bad. And I think it's, it's worth a look if he's still out there in 12 team leagues. Um, shifting to another former first round pick, I believe in that same draft. Um, I think he went two picks after Nolan Gorman. That's Bryce Terang, uh, another second baseman, um, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I know he hit a grand slam that kind of put him on the map, uh, earlier this week. Um, the speed is, you know, something that he, was known for and was kind of, you know, this, this next big prospect that's going to come up and steal a lot of bases. And I don't know, it's another one like Gorman. I just feel like he was kind of forgotten in, in draft season. I know uh, gray over at Rasball put out a funny tweet about how, you know, Bryce Terang is the classic victim of someone who just decided in October that his ADP was 400 and he just stayed 200 picks less than where he probably should have been going. Uh, the writing was kind of on the wall with him making the team right uh, out of spring training. And then now this uh, Luis Arias injury sort of cleared up some playing time. I know Terang's playing second base, but they DFA'd Hira, who got sent down and he didn't have any options. So Terang like won this role and, and kind of really didn't get noticed until he had that 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 big grand slam. And now he has two stolen bases and is holding his own um what are your thoughts on, on Terang? Uh, do you think he's viable? And then I guess we could sort of uh, compare these two. It's a nice little would-you-rather uh, segue there, too, uh, to second baseman. I know Terang might have some position eligibility uh, at shortstop because I think that's what he came up as. So um, the nod might be there, but we can look at them as two second basemen. What are your thoughts overall on Terang and how interested are you in his hot start? I like the player and um, you know, this is kind of, it's a funny way to evaluate players, but I do it a lot is my team, the Mets play teams <laughs> and you, and you really get to see yeah. all their at bats and kind of zone in on, Hey, this guy's like a tough at bat. This guy's killing us, you know, for, for Jesse Winker who kills the Mets all the time, but you, you really kind of zone in on, on you watch plate appearances versus just kind of scouting box scores. And he was a pain. He was an absolute pain and, you know, you saw the ability that made him a first round pick and a, a top hundred prospect. Um, he's still 23 years old. I mean, people, I feel like thought like he was like 28 and 29 yeah, years yeah. old. Still like a, a big piece for the Brewers and their future. Um, he, he had 13 homers and 34 steals last year. So like there's a little bit of that combo power speed. Um, I was really impressed with him. He, he made a running catch that was awesome. Um, it was like kind of in that Bermuda Triangle of like right fielder, first mm-hmm. base. I don't know who was at first base. It might have been like even Luke Voigt, maybe. Tellez, maybe. Um, Tellez, yeah, one of the two who don't move very well. And he covered so much ground. And, you know, he. I always said it with Andres Jimenez to you too before he kind of blew up. Like Terang is just a ball player. You know, I, you watch him and you're I, like, man, that's good at baseball. I think like, that's there, a, there are there are. I think that's a really good like. 90th percentile outcome comp for Terang. Like if the power is anything more than what we originally thought it was when he was, you know, hitting like one, two, five homers in 2021 or, you know, six across two levels um, and putting up, you know, ISOs below a hundred. But if he's more like, you know, a 150, 175 ISO, maybe, you know, 15 homer pop, with that speed, like the speed is legit. It's 70 grade speed. Like that's what he's known for. That's why 
he was an interesting fantasy prospect. I, I think that that, you know, Jimenez comp might be, you, you know, a, a good one. I don't know if he has the hit tool, um, at least just prospect grades why. And like Jimenez, like kind of knew that he could, he could hit um, coming up through the minors. Just, but who knows? Maybe, maybe there was a, uh, it was a grade or two off on Terang, but I, I definitely agree. He does look like uh, a, a guy that, should be of interest in, in kind of all leagues, at least while he's hot now too. Um, you know, and never really struck out that much and always, always took walks um, like just double digit walk rates at every single stop. And he's, he's doing that at the majors too. And in, in, in the small sample, it's only struck out 6% of the time. So what in, in 17 plate appearances, that's once or twice. So um, seems like it could, it could be pretty good. Um, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, he's not chasing no, either. No, he's not. Like, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, he he seems to have um, uh, yeah. a good a good knowledge of the zone. And guys like him too, they're going to put the ball in play, and he's fast, man. Thirty four steals last year. That kind of when you see those type of numbers, um, and then you kind of see the the stolen base environment that the uh-huh. league has turned into now, mm-hmm. you kind of are dreaming of of high totals, um. Yeah, so where you used, I, and where I just, you used to where you used to think with a guy like that, it's like, oh, can we get like fifteen to twenty? But now maybe this year it's like, oh, am I getting thirty plus? Is that pretty cool? I know, yeah. you know, maybe the league will adjust and figure out how to hold on runners a little better, but it doesn't look like it through the first week. So um guys with that kind of speed can kind of go at will, which I think is what the league intended and what the rule chain intended. So um, I know it's context dependent. It's probably the, the cop out answer is, you know, if you need power, go with Gorman. If you need speed, go with Terang. But if you had to choose one, who are you choosing? I'm giving you all the tough. I trust. No, I know. And I am a big Gorman believer. So this is, this is going to be hard, yeah. but I would go with Terang yeah. because I think that, like I said it before, Gorman is kind of like a slugger. And at DH, that's fine. But Terang is going to play second base, maybe even give you a little shortstop. And he's so that basically he's playing two of the most important positions and they're relying and on that. So he's going to be in the, the line. Brewers need any offense they can get. They're going to rely on him more than the Cardinals need to rely on Gorman. Um, so I, I would tend to agree there. Um, but two interesting names nonetheless. And I think they should be on the radar even in shallower leagues. Uh, next name we want to talk about. Um, your boy, uh, someone I think that you've been on since, since last year. That's that's Jake Jake Frehley, uh, the outfielder for the Reds. Um, let's let's talk about what you like about Frehley. I know he had a really really interesting last two months of the season and has kind of continued that. Uh, and, and I think Cincinnati can kind of be a sneaky good fantasy offense. Um, what are you seeing there with Frehley? You know, Frehley. He's 27. So there are certain people that see him and see, I know he was on Seattle at one point and I think, he, I don't know where he was before that. Um, he's, he, he's kicked around and he's like, he was a journeyman. So people kind of don't want to buy in cause they, they see a previous career, but I think we need to start teaching ourselves and, and, and learning that guys can fix their swings with all this stuff that they're doing guys, you know, they, they study and they see what their deficiencies are 
and they can change who they are as baseball players and, and turn into great players. And so Fraley's one of those guys that I kind of streamed last year. Um, he was, he had 259 with 12 homers, four steals and an 812 OPS in 68 games in Cincinnati. But his second half was a 903 OPS with 11 homers, a 377 on base and a five ton slug. Yeah. yeah. Five homers in August, five in September, 873 OPS at home and 765 on the road. So, you know, it's not like Bandbox Cincinnati mm-hmm. and then nothing on the road. Um, and his spring, like I didn't understand. So, okay, you, you know, a second half on a on a crappy team like the Reds where you're playing, uh, you know, whatever, you can get lost in that. But this spring, 982 OPS, three homers, 14 RBIs, a 600 slug, and he stole five bases. Like, I, I, this is a sneaky 2020 guy that when you watch them, he's got, he's got great pop. And I, I think that people just see it. Like I said, a 27 year old on a bad team. And they think, you know, he's playing because they don't have anything else. And and it, that's not the case. Like this guy can hit. And and that's, that's kind of how I feel about him. And, and I might be on my own with Fraley, but, um, and they've been sitting him against lefties, which is kind of annoying. But um, in the one game, I think they sat him and then he came in and might have homered, which was funny. But he, he I, I like I like the player, I like the ballpark. Um I kinda like the offense, like you said. So that's where I am with him. Get on board if you want to. Um and, and with the probably still have no and with the Reds, like we saw Winker a few years ago work his way, you know, he just hit so much that he sort of forced them to play versus lefties to like find out what they had as an everyday player. And then, you know, when Winker was healthy, he was a really good everyday player. Um with the red. So there is sort of that, you know, that path for him to, to earn more playing time and not just be able to tune in with teams like that, that are, you know, in theory, not really going for it at least yet, or aren't in their, their, their winning window. Like there is a path to carve out playing time and, and hit your way out of a platoon. Whereas, you know, if he was on like the Braves or something, right? Like it's like, okay, you have one job. It's you're going to mash righties. You're not facing any lefties. Like, you know, if Cincinnati plays a, you know, uh, a soft throwing lefty, like, Hey, why not? Let's see if you could, you can hold your own here. Um, the, that, that sort of thing. And yeah, I just keep going back to those splits, man. I mean, in September, he had a one forty in August, he had a one forty two WRC plus and September one thirty four WRC plus. So he was, you know, 42% and 34% better than the league in those two months. So he was really, really good. Um, already attempted a steal, which is nice. Uh, has that Homer, like you said, um, the, the, the max EVs are, are good. He already hit a ball 111.7 miles an hour, which is, you know, close to elite, which is, you know, something that you can look at in a, in a small sample uh, this year. I mean, he has a 10% power rate. It's only, you know, a, a, we're not close to the stabilization point for that, but Hey, still pretty good um, for, for just those 15 plate appearances. So uh, I, I like Fraley a lot. Uh, I think it's another good name to, uh, to, to to keep in mind and probably roster at, at least for like Reds home games like I absolutely want a piece of Jake Fraley versus like every righty that he faces at home like it's a great you know if you have a, a deep bench like and you're able to, to slot him into like one of your five outfield slots or something like if the Reds have a bunch of home games like I am absolutely playing him 
basically for every single one of those. Um, sticking with an outfielder, another tooled up outfielder that I really like. I've liked him since his days in, in Houston. Um, that's Jose Siri. Um, he is, you know, another guy that might not be getting full playing time. I think he said a game or two uh, with the Rays, but um, he's off to a really, really good start. He has, you know, all of the raw raw tools, the speed, um, the 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 power. Um, it's just a question of plate discipline. Um, he does strike out a lot, and that sort of kept him out of an everyday playing role at, at Houston um, and and at Tampa last year and and this year. I mean, he's still t- striking out thirty percent of the time, but in those other at bats, he's slashing three thirty three, three seventy five, eight sixty seven. Uh, he has two home runs, a steal, um, and then this stat. I, I I thought of you when it, when I saw it. I knew that you would you would love it. Uh, in spring training, every single time that there was an open base in front of him, he attempted a steal. <laughs> so whenever <laughs> he was on base and there wasn't a runner in front of him, he tried to steal it, and he was successful. I think ten of eleven times. So uh, you know he has the speed, he has the power. Uh, I think that, you know, the Rays like find these guys and get the most out of out of exactly this. Like if there's any bit of improvement on that 30 percent strikeout rate, you know, if if he gets it to that 28, 27 percent, like he has the tools to be like an like an impact player all year. And there is some some encouraging stuff. Uh, He's he's reaching less. He he chased 40 percent of the time last year. It's down to 22 percent. So. Uh, you know, the contact rate's not great, but uh, it's it's still that small sample. Um, and, you know, he's just sort of swinging for the fences. and It's kind of, it's kind of working now, but I love Jose Siri's tools. Uh, I have him in a few places as shallow as a, as a 14-team league. So um, I know he's batting ninth, which is in the greatest lineup context, but I feel like he could take that raised center field job and, and run with it. I'm with you on all of this. Um, I, I love him going from Houston to the Rays. It's kind of like if those teams are interested in your players, yeah. keep yeah. them. You, always said. Um, you know what? He hit, He's fast. He hits the ball hard. Like what, what more is there not to like? That's baseball in a nutshell is hitting the ball hard and, and being a fast, great, you know, fast player who can play defense. Um, you know, he's elite defender on a team that values uh-huh. defense up the middle. And he's he people say he might be the fastest guy in baseball. I, I don't know who has that crown right now. Um, it I'm might, be, it might be Corbin Carroll currently. I think he like leads by, yeah, he might be right. It was, Car- but he's up was, there. There was somebody he's up else, there. yeah, I, I, there was somebody else I was watching the game and someone said someone, and I was like, oh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll think of it later. Uh, you know, 80th percentile in exit velocity, um, and and Cash likes him, he says he's gonna play every yeah. day. That's that's huge I think, on a team of the Rays where they they really like turn and burn. Dude, they ran platoon like they ran Kevin Kiermaier out there because of his elite defense for for how long, right? You know, like I think that's a really right. really good point with the fact that you know even if he does have a close to thirty percent strikeout rate, his defense might keep him in, and if that's the case, if he's an everyday player, that the speed and power are going to show, even if he is striking out that much. Um, but if he does cut that down, then like, you know, we could start talking about moving up the lineup, all that good stuff. So uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a really interesting name. I've, I've always liked Jose Siri and, you know, I uh, think it's a a good name to keep an eye on 
may may still be out there one, in a lot in a lot of leagues. One more thing on Siri, uh, I I did see that he once had forty. I saw this stat online. He once had forty six steals and uh, fewer than five hundred plate appearances as a twenty one year old. Wow. Yeah. So like he likes to run. Extrapolate yeah. that. Extrapolate that over with the bigger bases and you know five hundred fifty at bats. Like you're talking uh, Jose Reyes type uh, stolen base numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. He's 70s, so yeah, he definitely got to keep an eye on for sure. Absolutely, I I, I love Jose series, so uh, all aboard that hype train. Um, an, another guy that uh, I, another Cincinnati Red. Uh, this is more than interesting enough. He's homered. I know the Reds got rained out Wednesday as we record this, but uh, three games in a row before that. That's Jason Vossler. Um, I believe he came over from the Giants. Uh, was originally with the Cubs. I think he was drafted by. Uh, stopped at the Padres. So another one of these guys that has been all around, like he's, he's older guy. He's uh, turns 30 in September. So it's going to be his age 29 season, but he's been all over. Like, you know, you go to his, his player page and you see, uh, you know, a bunch of rows with all the minor league stops, but fits that sort of model is like, Hey, you know, he's finally getting the shot. I know uh, he was an interesting prospect. I, believe he was rule five from the Padres potentially with the giants in, in uh 2021 he's kicked around. Him. Yeah. But he was interesting because he hit 20 homers in the minors in 2019. Um, then hit 15 with the giants. And like, you know, I don't think that was the year the giants kind of had that out of nowhere run where they expected, you know, where they were really good. Um, and everyone was home. Exactly. And exactly. then everyone stopped. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's, he's always put up, you know, pretty decent WRC pluses. And now he's kind of this, another lefty masher, uh, in, in Cincinnati. Like it seems like the Reds have done like a good job of accumulating, like kind of like what the giants did. Like they're finding these tooled up guys, giving them playing time and seeing what they got. And, and so far Vossler with the three home runs in the five games, uh, yeah, the, the strikeout rate has been high and he hasn't walked yet, but he could be an interesting player. Do you think he's more of like a, a streamer and a hot bat that you're just riding? Um, are you more interested in, in, in Fraley? What, what are your yeah, thoughts I think on he's a stream? Yeah. Yeah. I th- you know, I think he's a stream, a stream, a hitter in, in a good situation facing, you know, a couple righties in a row on a bat. Like they're going in the face of the nationals or something. And, you can get him not facing Patrick Corbin and whoever else is in that mm-hmm. rotation. Sure. Um, I will say Don Bosco grad. I don't know. If you oh, I did that. not. No, Jason no, Bosco. I did not. That's cool. Yes. Um, I, and the swing is tailor made for the ballpark. Yeah. It's like, and it's a beautiful swing. Like Fraley. I, I like Fraley. Fraley's he, his swing is a little like, it's kind of short to the ball and he's a smaller guy. This guy, Bosco's swing is, it is awesome. It is long and, and, powerful and um i you know he played 36 games last year with the giants and had an 811 ops and and the giants are so good in the lab recreating people's swing you know making people value getting value out of their swing um why they let him go i don't know um it said when he was playing third base he had an 881 ops and a 519 slug which is is nice um spring training 856 ops so you're kind of looking at, at that carryover um, I, I think he can play a little outfield if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. That eligibility comes, if that eligibility comes into it. It could be nice. And, and maybe if he gets hot, he can kind of 
do the Fraley thing of getting co- uh, consistent plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more he's more like a streamer. Um, he'd be on the lower end of some of these guys that we've talked about. But it's just a guy to keep an eye on. And, and if all of a sudden, you know, he's got six or seven homers and it's, you know, we're through the first month of the yeah. season. Yeah. It might be. Yeah, might as well have to pick him up and hope and see what happens. Exactly. And then, you know, you could find out if the, the streak is sort of continuing as, as the Reds play some, play some home games here. I think it's a, 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 a good call. Um, another guy who's probably more than the stringer, but at the same position, uh, Josh Young, uh, eighth overall pick, another guy that seems like he's kind of post hype that, that, is right up your alley. Uh, I know this was a name you wanted to throw on the rundown, so I'll let you sort of uh, run with what you like about uh, Young. Yeah, you know, big prospect. Uh, last year was kind of a, a lost year. He he got hurt. I think he tore his labrum um, right when the lockout ended. Uh, so yeah, he was set to like came up he was like set to make the opening day roster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he wound up coming up at the end of the year and had five homers and two steals and, and, you know, some intriguing things, but the plate discipline needs work. Um, he was a career three twenty two hitter in the minors, which is, you know, that that's a big number for nowadays. Three, three twenty is like, nobody hits that anymore. Um, the, the K rate is a little scary. Um, especially on sliders, you know, he's striking out 40% of the time on sliders, which is, uh, uh, is worrisome, but it's a shallow position, third base, that in a good lineup. I, I that, that lineup's good. You know, I know you have Simeon shares. Um, you have Seager as well. Seager, uh, yeah, it's 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 sneaky good. The, the the Rangers are have a sneaky good lineup. I I, I like Jonah Heim a bit. Uh, you know, there there there's some things that 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 they do well there, uh, and and could be a better team. And I think that. Young could be a real, like he is a, like, you know, build your way for the Rangers to make the playoffs. Like Young has a rookie of the year type season, which, you know, mm-hmm. he definitely has the tools to do awesome. that. Yeah. Like sure. He, he struck out 28% of the time at AAA last year, but before that, the, the K rate really wasn't an issue, which I think was why he was such a, a good prospect. Like in, in 2021, he had twenty nine. Uh, he had nine homers um, in thirty five games at AAA with just a twenty two percent strikeout rate. So um, that's sort of what you dreamed on with with, uh, with him as a prospect. And you know uh, the the chase rate isn't horrible, um, which which is encouraging as an, as an early sign. Um, you know the hard hit rate is super high right now. Again, s- short sample, but. I don't think the power is, is what you question. It's it's more the plate skills, and it, th- there is some room for this to be like a a sneaky AL Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, I believe he still has eligibility. Yeah, he only had twenty six games uh, at, at the majors last year, um, hundred and two hundred and two plate appearances. So he still should have eligibility. But I, I think Jung is a kind of being slept on, like if this was a guy that like hadn't come up or hadn't been injured, like, and was like a, a call up post super two or like one of the, you know, before they changed the rules and like, you know, the, the Chris Bryant treatment of being called up two weeks in the season, like this is a, a big fab guy. Um, you know, I think the fact that he hit like two Oh four, three, two thirty five, 
418 last year in that small sample, despite the five homers and two steals kind of tampered the, uh, dampered the expectations. Um, but if that was like, you know, if three more hits fell and it was like 250, like I think the hype would have been crazy on him this year. Um, like it, it's just kind of silly how, how that small of a sample can, can impact that. So, uh, I, I really like him and I think that it's a good call and should be, I, I think he's rostered in most leagues, but could be someone to, to go after if there's like, you know, a tr- an early season trade target. If someone's concerned with the K rate. For sure. Um, I, I two things to add to that. So, uh, he's big on rap Soto and he's like a hitting nerd is what I read in a fan article, which is awesome to hear. So he's like, he's consistently looking to figure out what's plaguing him at the major league level and fix it or fix his swing or add off to his swing. You know, so he's constantly studying video. Um, that's awesome to hear. Also, what's the difference between him and like Brett Beatty? Like, you know, uh, Brett Beatty, I love Brett Beatty. Brett Beatty went eighth overall, or I think he might've been, it was like, you know, anywhere in that eighth to 12th overall range um, in the first round. He's a big prospect. Beatty didn't. Beatty came up last year. He had two homers. He didn't hit, and it was a very small sample size. And people are like clamoring for Brett Beatty and can't wait to roster him. And a guy like Jong is like he's already up. He's know, here. Nobody. Like he's here. You know, like it, right. it should be. Well, I, I, outside of it being big market, and um, it kind of they kind of you know, lose Mets. their luster once they're already here, right? Like that's kind of what I was saying. Like, if, and that's the yeah. best time to get in on these guys. Yeah. Is, is, you know, somebody has a cup of coffee. Remember Mike Trout, Mike Trout's cup of coffee? Yeah, it was, it was horrible. Like terrible. It was horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like guys are getting adjusted to the big league lifestyle and, and the big stadiums and every pitcher throwing 95 miles an hour. But, the, you know, like these guys were first round picks for a reason, high first round picks for a reason. Let them adjust. And if people want to get out on them early, then just wait, you know, see if you can get your hands on them. And, you know, they'll prove you right. And he's, he's just, he's a perfect guy for that. Yeah. I, I I think he could have a big year, and if he's out there in like any shallower leagues or available for trade in any deeper ones, uh, uh, I, I'm I'm super interested. Um, a guy that I love, and another maybe this is kind of like a post hype show. It didn't mean to be. It's got kind of the guys who started off the hot starts, but that's Jorge Mateo. Um, and we know what Jorge Mateo does, like on the bases, like he stole 35 bases last year. Uh, is four for four on steals already this year. But what's super interesting about Mateo currently is the fact that he has 11.8% strikeout rate and an 11.8% walk rate. So he's walking the same amount that he's striking out, which is not something that Mateo ever did. It was like minuscule walk rates, high strikeout rates, and like you hope that he somehow got on base uh, and, and, and was able to steal. But, oh, yeah, on top of that, he has two home runs, and they were absolute tanks. Like, they weren't wall scrapers. They were, like, 440-foot homers. Like, you know, when you go to baseball savant, like, the daily distance leaders, like, Mateo's been on there twice with with his two home runs. So, uh, it's super encouraging. What are you seeing with Mateo? Is this, like, another – I miss the boat on Mateo everywhere, and I'm, like, I'm I'm not kicking myself about it, but – I just w- wasn't really paying attention last year that much. Yeah. You know those guys where yes. like you just don't pay attention. You didn't have any shares. Like, it kind of just happened. Yeah, and he and, had his flaws, right? Yeah. He struck out a lot, so like it's like all right, you know. 
but then I started peeling back, you know, peeling back the layers a little bit. And so 35 homers last, uh, 35 steals and 13 homers last year. So, I mean, he was running and he was hitting, uh, you know, hitting for power. Um, I do have a little trivia for you. So 35 steals, 13 homers. He was one of four. So five guys did that last year. And he was one of five guys Thir- that did that thir- last 30, year. How, sorry, say it again. 35 steals? 13 homers, 35 okay. steals. Two are, uh, uh, it's two American League Easters. Um, and the, I'll say the, the three, three of the four were top five round players. So these are guys that are like big time fantasy guys. And the last one is a guy that you like near and dear to your heart, who is like, okay, you always so roster. Tur- uh, no, Turner didn't have, uh, 35 steals last no, year. No, he didn't. No, he, he, he didn't steal. I think he stole 29. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, like 27. It was, a, it was a low total. Um, how am I, how are these names not, how am I not rattling off? This is embarrassing. Um, I'm trying to think of like the, the high steel guys. Uh, no, Judge didn't have 30 steals. He had, he had, um, he had like, he had a high amount, but not, not anywhere close to that. Uh, give me one, give me one that may, may, may start. So I'm going to give you the hardest okay. one. Uh, who, who you, uh, is who, like your uh, Tommy, Edmund. Tommy Edmund. Okay. Julio Rodriguez has got to be another one, right? No, 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 no. Wow. Um, I guess I, so two AL East. Two a- These are, they're, 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 yeah. Uh, Lindor, did he have, uh, have 35 steals? Nope. Or 30 steals? No. Um, no. okay. Uh, Whit. Yes. Whit. Bobby okay. Wit Jr. Okay. And so now there's two guys left in the AL East, East and they're not, it's not. Like- um, Arena. Yes. And Mullins, his teammate. Yes. Okay. Nice. nice. Yeah. Work. Yeah. I had, so he, I had so to think, I had to think cause it was just 13 homers. I had to think I was thinking more of. High end homers. It was, it was. It's more of the steals guys that they got to think of the high end bags. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, so he's to getting back to the point though. He's one of five guys that did that last yeah. year. Um, and also, again, I know I keep coming back to this. He was a big prospect. Mm-hmm. Traded for Sonny Gray yeah, many Yankees, moons ago. Yankees, yeah, prospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James Caprillion. He. He. So there. There's. He was somebody that people believed in and built and thought that they could build around. And the Yankees, they, they rarely let these guys go and pick the wrong guys. But um, the leash is going to be so long there. And you know, I'm I'm seeing a you know top. I, what do you see? Top six shortstop. I mean, if he, continue, if he has that much the the power, if he does what he does, power and steals wise, and you sort of inflate the bag to like forty five with him because he stole thirty five before the rules. And there's any bit of gain in this plate skills, then yes, like I could see it. If the strikeout rate starts crater, like it's it's like the floor though is last year, which I know was at 82 WRC plus. It's not like a great real life bat, and people, you know, Gunnar Henderson was coming over, and you know, I think that's kind of why he didn't have as much hype as he did, um, in draft season because like it kind of was just assumed that Mateo would get a little bit less playing time, but it looks like he might be like here to stay in that lineup. Like, especially if he's, if he's going like this. So um, there's top five shortstop upside for, for sure. Uh, oh, at one more point on Mateo. Uh, um, one of the guys I work with, Josh, who's a big fantasy guy. He told me he's a big Mateo guy. 
and he was like talking about Mateo, and he said he had forty points higher in the second half, which yeah. is you know he was betting two, betting two hundred in, in yes. the first half. Yeah, you know for a speed guy, that's really low. You know, two forty all of a sudden, like maybe he's putting more balls in play, mm-hmm. and he's beating things out with speed, and that, and that just becomes so much more palatable. And two forty with the and like when they're the hitting horse. when they're hitting two hundred, there's weeks where like they're literally not getting on base, so you don't get any yeah. of those steals. And then right. if they're hitting two forty, like they're getting on base more. Like you know, that's all he needs to get to. Um, and then if he does cut the strikeout rate at all. Uh, it's gonna it, with his speed, you could easily start bumping that average up to like two fifty with with the with the guy who should run a, a high Babbitt in theory. Um, all right, uh, another one I had would have never guessed that we'd be talking about this name as like a hot start, interesting start to the first week of fantasy season, but it's Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo has three home runs, hitting two fifty and seventeen plate appearances. Looks. Kind of like old Joey Gallo on the Twins, he looks really, really comfortable. Like, you know, I, 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 with the Yankees, he just looked so, so lost. Like, he just looked like a guy. Yeah, yeah, just could not get comfortable at all. And now it looks like he's finally sort of found his his home, and he's got three three bombs. I know he hit another one. Um, that like just died at the wall, I think on Tuesday versus a pretty good pitcher too. I forget who it was, um, but I just saw a bunch of tweets. Uh, maybe, maybe. Is it Sandy? Uh, no, because Sandy, Sandy, Sandy pitched against. Sandy pitched today. It, it was yesterday. No, Lazardo. Uh, yeah, uh, Lazardo was. Oh, so maybe it was Sandy. I think he took Sandy Alcantara to like the wall. Uh, and like he barreled him up, and like people were like, "Whoa!" Like maybe this is something. Um, but you know, I mean, he's still striking out. He's doing what he's doing, but. Kind of, we we missed like even you know before that that the peak twenty nineteen Joey Gallo where he had that really good run of seventeen games and even in 2020, 2018 when he hit forty home runs, there was always stretches even in twenty twenty one when he hit 30, 38 homers that like Gallo was like the hottest hitter on the planet and right there was always a two week stretch. Oh, the yeah. last last yeah. year that that never happened and it just was never going to happen. But hey, maybe one of maybe you know that version of Joey Gallo is back where you can get super hot for a little bit. Um, what do you think is, is, is this someone that, that you're interested? I know he was a hot ad last week and has kind of continued that. So uh, what are your thoughts on Gallo? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's 30 yet. So like people are ready to like run him out of the mm-hmm. league. It wasn't working in New York. Minnesota is a perfect landing spot mm-hmm. for him. Um, you know, we're talking about a guy who, 2021, he led the league in walks and strikeouts, but he hit 38 home runs. So, like, you know, you know what you're getting. Uh, you're going to pick Gallo up, and he's going to hit you six home runs in a week and win you a head-to-head week. Um, you're going to you're going to pick him up when he's playing in Colorado or, you're, you know, he's facing crappy righties that he's just going to hit homers off of. I, I like the player. I do, and, and I get it. He, he was terrible in New York. And if you're a Yankee fan, you're probably like, I'm never rostering mm-hmm. Joe Gallo ever. But he's cheap power. And um and good and good OBP in theory, I, right? Sure. Um, you know, I, I I'm in, I'm in because the value is just it's so depressed. Yeah. Like this is a guy who could lead the league in homers. He could hit 50 home runs. Yeah. There are there are there are how many guys that hit that can hit 50 home runs in baseball? Like Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, Kyle Schwarber, and Joey Gallo is in that yeah. class of like elite 80 grade power. Mike uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Like there aren't, there's not 10 guys that can do that. 
and he's one of them. So if you can live with the warts, if there is a player in there that is really valuable. The cost might be free right now. So uh, nothing. Yeah, yes. Really good. Uh, another one, another guy I want to pivot to quickly. Uh, Logan Ohapi. Uh, I still can't get over Man. that it's actually pronounced Ohapi and not Ohap, but it is. It's 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 Ohapi. Uh, former Phillies prospect. He was traded for Brandon Marsh. Uh, le- last trade deadline, I believe, uh, and has yep. gotten off to a, a really good start. Uh, homered again. Homered again today. I believe he's got two now, uh, and and looks really good. I think there's some good reviews uh, that he's working well with the pitching staff. Latani really likes throwing to him which, hey, that's a really good thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ohapi? Does he have uh, catcher one? And is he one catcher, you know, leagues where there's one catcher and you think he's viable there? I do. I do. Um, but we mean you call it the catcher carousel <laughs> where you're on it and then you're off it and then you're picking a guy up and you're dropping and you're just like praying that you can just get a catcher who can stay <laughs> yeah, on the You don't have to waste your ads on every week, yeah. I know it's the worst. And I think that he, that I think that Ohabi can be somebody that can get you off the catcher carousel. I, the roster, it's a pretty stacked lineup. I know everyone likes to poke fun at the angels, um, but we have a trout and Otani and Taylor Ward Rendon. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. With him. I, I'm still a believer despite all the, the fan oh, hijinks gosh. there. Um, I bet, you know what? Uh, Two, he 280 last year with 25 homers. He's like one of 13 prospects to do that. Like one of four catchers. There's a future. It was a good trade. They traded a you know a third, fourth outfielder for a, a catcher who can you know he could easily hit 20 home runs if he's playing every day. And like you said, the reviews are great from the pitching staff. Um, that's very important because the cat, catcher isn't a throwaway mm-hmm. position. Like you, you know you have to be able to sync with a with a five man staff. Um, I'm in, I think that if you, I think he might be going fast right now. Like his shares are going, yeah, going and he was, pro- he was probably already gone. He was probably already gone in two catcher leagues. Um, and then especially maybe even sure. one catcher leagues when like the news got out that Max Stasi was hurt. Uh, like, cause there was a news that he wasn't going to make the team and then Stasi got hurt and now. Like this is sort of the thing where I think that people might be hesitant because Stasi's potentially coming back soon. Like this is one of the things where I would just hold on to the skill and like the Angels are doing everything to try and convince Otani to stay and to actually put together a good team for once. Like if they're serious about that at all, which I think they are, um, they're gonna have him Ohapi as their their one C their uh Shout out Nico Nico Heischer, one C. Uh uh their their first catcher. Um but I, I really like it and think that he's you know uh, power bat at batting average school at a catcher position. Like usually you're getting one or the other, like you know, assuming that they're just not gonna be the greatest hitter. Uh Ohapi looks like he could be an actual good hitter. Um we are going to take our second ad break. We'll be right back and talk some pitchers. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. 
Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, Dan, let's let's get into it. Uh, not as many names on the pitching front. I know we're, we're running a little long here coming up on an hour, but we got some names to talk about. Um, the first situation I wanted to run by you is what's going on in Arizona. Um, and that's Madison Bumgarner. I, like he was sent back to Arizona after a, a horrible start. And just, you know, there's been reports that he's like not changing his arsenal or adapting to like the stuff that he has now. And it's just, it's just basically been an all around disaster. Um, but I think there's some interesting names there. Um, what are your thoughts going on with, with some guys like Brandon Fott, who, didn't do great uh, numbers wise in his first AAA start, but you know the stuff looked like it was there. Dre Jamison, who actually got a save, but was sort of beat out for Ryan Nelson, um, who was okay, I believe, in his first start. But what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, in Arizona, and, and what, what do you have your eye on as far as who could potentially take that spot? And you know, it's a revolving yeah. door there, and you know it's kind of like musical chairs, and Jamison getting a claw to save yeah. is. Funny, uh, you know, you're also like, interesting. Then, yeah. 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 Fott, like I, I think that his, his stuff is great. Nelson. I liked, I like, I think he's got, he's kind of got Nelson has that fastball. When you watch him, it jumps. It's like that 96 mile an hour fastball that guys are late on because of his arm, you know, the way he releases the ball. It's like that, that kind of high mm-hmm. spin rate, 96, 97, that like guys can't get on top of versus it being like that, like, I would say like that Kyle Farnsworth yeah, 97 yeah. that like everyone yeah, just it's down the right down the middle. Yeah. Um, right. And like, yeah. So I think it's just a situation you have to monitor and, and be tuned into the beat writers on Twitter and kind of in on the conversation and just, you know, there'll be a narrative about what's going to happen next and you just kind of have to follow it and, and see who they're going to, you know, put on the bump either, look for days that there are open spots in the rotation and then maybe grab one of those guys and just hope that you can get them because in deep leagues, they're going to go quickly. 
But like a guy like Ryan Nelson, like I picked him up this week and he didn't look great against San Diego. Um, but I'm going to see what happens. Yeah, on see what, ha- and if see what happens Sunday. with Bumgarner too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then another thing I, I want to touch on this too, but uh, all the stuff like there, there's pitching models now that have leaderboards on fan graphs, you know, Saris's stuff plus um, and uh, pitching bot. Uh, so they're, they're, there's now, you know, when you go to the pitching leaderboards, there's pitch modeling tab and you can look at that. And to sort of back up what you were saying about uh, Ryan Nelson's fastball, you could sort by, you know, fastball stuff plus. Uh, his fastball stuff plus is 123, right in between Shane McClanahan and Drew Rasmussen, uh, 15th overall oh, for, nice. for, for starters. And despite that poor start, he's got a 115 stuff plus. So it's like WRC plus, like 100 is, is average. Uh, 115 is, is pretty good. The location wasn't great. Um, but Hey, you know, when you have that good of stuff, you can kind of get, get by with it. And, you know, who knows, maybe it was, you know, I, I believe it was, he had a few starts last year, which, which was pretty good, but you know, first start of season, San small Diego. cup of coffee. Last yeah. And it was good. It was yeah, good. It was, like 18 and it was good. So it was good. It's two quality starts. Yeah. I, so. I think that, you know, in, in due time, that diamondbacks rotation is going to have Nelson thought and Dre Jameson in it. Uh, why not? You know, like the uh, gallon, you know, yeah, all this. Yeah. They have, uh, what these kids, throw. they have Zach Davies. I think there, who's just not good. Bump Gardner, who's not good. So there, there's, there's some spots to go around. Um, all right. Uh, another guy that, you know, comes up when you, when you look at the, uh, stuff plus leaderboard, uh, that's Graham Ashcraft. Um, he is, if you, uh, through, through the, the starts, uh, on heading into Tuesday. It hasn't updated for Wednesday when we're recording this. So Otani missed the start, DeGrom missed the start. But the guys ahead of Graham Ashcraft are uh or, or by missed the start, it's it's not included in this data yet. Uh are Graham Ashcraft is fourth on the stuff plus leaderboard behind Otani, Hunter Green, DeGrom. Uh Ashcraft has, you know, he sort of made a name for himself with that like, you know, the, the hundred mile an hour cutters he was throwing last year. Uh it, this stuff is just insane. He didn't translate it to strikeouts or great results last year, but it looks like he could potentially be making making this stu- making this step. Uh, and, and the Reds have some really really good, interesting young pitchers. Uh, another theme in the show, I guess the, the the Reds podcast. It's 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 pretty pretty funny how that worked out. But uh, what are your thoughts on Ashcraft? I know Joey Votto. I don't know if you saw that video about him, like just gushing over how good Ashcraft stuff. And when they asked him in an interview at spring training. Uh, so the stuff is there. Is it going to translate to results for, for Ashcraft this year? I think so. I mean, it's just the cutters are, are, are insane. Like he could literally throw that cutter the whole game and be like a manual class yeah. and just throw a hundred mile an hour cutters and no one hit it. Um, I, I like the strikeout potential, you know, it was 10.3 per nine in his three seasons in the minors, a great ground ball rate. Um, I think with, Pitchers who threw over 100 innings last year, his ground ball rate was – he was ranked um, one spot ahead of Sandy Alcantara yeah. with a 54% ground yeah. ball rate. So guys aren't, aren't squaring him up if they're making contact at all. Um, so I like getting in on a guy like that who's very – he's just such great stuff and you hope he can just hone it. And the thing is he doesn't need to hit his spots. Like guys – if he misses his spot, it's going to be 100 with cut. Yeah. Like Good luck elevating that. So – I, I like him. The ballpark's tough, though. So it um, it is it is. But it's it's the kind of tools that I just always bet on. Like 
a great ground ball rate, elite strikeout potential. Like I'll, I'll bet on Graham Ashcraft like every single year uh, he's, he's in the league. Like it's going to happen eventually. And I, I think with him, his stuff is so good that that'll happen sooner rather than later. If he's out there like in any leagues, uh, I know the first the yeah. first start was good, so he might not be anymore. But I absolutely uh, would add him, and they have a tough matchup this week. I think versus the Phillies, so uh, you'll you'll be glued to this in, in your hatred of the Phillies as a Mets I fan. Mean, this this weekend versus the Phillies, it's Green Lodolo Ashcraft, which is which is really really cool. You're rolling into a series, and you're getting Hunter Green, <laughs> Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft, yeah. like Lodolo throwing, you know. 97 miles an hour from the left side. Yeah. From the left side. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. And then you're getting Hunter green throwing a hundred, 105. Yeah. It's it, you, it, the stuff is awesome. Yeah. So it, it, you know, the reds are kind of an interesting team to look at fantasy wise, even though they're going to stink this year. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely, definitely an interesting team. And, and maybe I, I know people got on them and their owner isn't great. And yeah, you know, they, they, probably sold off assets quicker than they should have and have been super cheap, but they do have a good amount of talent. I know they have like Ellie Dela Cruz coming, um, which is, which is really, really exciting. Um, they got a good haul for, for Castillo prospect wise, uh, Novelli Marte. So they, they got some, they're doing some interesting stuff in Cincinnati. I, I like Cincinnati future. Awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like the biggest Jonathan India yeah, guy. Yeah, he's like good. Co- he was so good college, this year, yeah. and last year he was, he was hurt. hurt he was and hurt everyone was like, "Yeah." And like, why? So like, everyone was like, "He's done." Like, he's such a good baseball player. He's a great hitter. So, and you know what? The thing with the Reds is, since they're not so high profile, you might be able to get shares of their guys because they're just they're the Reds and they stink. Yes, yes. that's a that's right. A great so they're not getting eyeballs, and you're going to be able to, you know get them at a depressed value. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a great opportunity. All right. A few more names here, uh, quickly. Um, but sure. no, no, noteworthy, uh, Justin Steele, uh, a guy who I think he had a good amount of hype going into, um, draft season, but not that much considering, uh, you know, the, 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 some really solid starts that he had last year. I know, uh, van, was all over Justin Steele last year, uh, hyped him up a bunch. Um, you know, there was quite a, quite a few 10 strikeout games from, 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 uh, Justin Steele last year. And the slider was legit. Uh, I I know Nick Pollock talks about it. The slider is always going to be there. It's one of the, yes, one of the best pitches in baseball. It's just a matter of if he's able to do it with the fastball and through one start, he was, uh, he had a 38% strikeout rate in, in his first start. Um, so, uh, really, really good. Um, do you think Justin Steele was like all formats worthy? Like, would you start him in most matchups, all matchups anywhere, but core sort of yeah, thing? I would, I would start him in all matchups at this point. Um, the Cubs are improved. Um, they look like they'll be able to score some runs at least finally with Swanson, um, Bellinger being, uh, you know, a little bit. Okay. Wisdom looks like he's rebounding. You know, the offense isn't bad. Um, I, I like Steele. I think he's nasty. Uh, I saw his second half ERA was 0.98. Wow. Like that's not, yeah. that's, I saw, I also, so the slider's a great pitch and he was getting like whiff rates that were over 30% on it. I saw his, this is a great one though. His curveball, 
the batting average against his curveball was zero last year. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, there, there's just stuff to war uh, and um, I'm in. I think, you know, um, he's he's like a name that kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. Um, Didn't have the prospect so, hype, yeah. Right, if you can get him now, get pick him up. I don't think he, in, in deeper leagues, he's probably not yeah. available. But um, in shallow, like twelve teams, he definitely was out there for like as a streaming option, and now might be held onto. But like sometimes when people stream, right, like it's like okay, add him, good start, on to the next one, right? Him. You know, yeah. Uh, there might be a little bit more potential than that with Steele. At least, at least I, I just you know. I. I, I I'm kicking myself because I don't see the difference. But I, I know Lazardo is a better pitcher mm-hmm. and better profile, a, but I'm looking at both of them as lefties, and I'm wondering why one is going undrafted or 10 rounds later than the other, and that's kind of where you can make up your ground. So I'm kind of yeah, like it's, kicking myself. It's like, a, it's like the Wal- Walmart brand or, or you know Costco brand uh, Lazardo. Lazardo looks really, really good. Right. has a, a oh, amazing yeah. velocity, added velocity. Breakout might be happening, but Justin Steele could be there for for free, essentially. Whereas like Lizardo right now, like no one's trading him because like they potentially have an ace. But so, you could yeah. have a well, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. But you could have a really valuable fantasy starter and Justin Steele maybe for free sitting on your wire. Uh, it would be remiss if I did not let you come on this podcast and talk about uh, how nasty Kodai Sanga is and his ghost fork and. And what you saw from from that start, I know you were dialed into that as a Mets fan. But what are your thoughts there? I know there was some shaky control in the beginning, um, but what are your thoughts on on, on Senga? Yeah, listen, the control is going to be an issue. Uh, the walks were high last year in Japan. Um, I think he was a little too amped up, but I think that the the coming out of it, I mean, the split is disgusting. Um, it, it, it drops, it moves sideways. It's just something that major leaguers haven't yeah. seen before. Um, yeah. And you layer that over with, he was, he touched 99. Like this isn't somebody who's sitting at 93, 94. Like he was sitting at 96, 97, gassed it up to 99. The slider could use a little work, but when you have a splitter and a fastball like that, you really don't need a third offering to kind of keep people honest. Um, I was impressed at his, you know, his fortitude to battle through that. It, it was the Marlins who are, are kind of like, he ate guys up like Solaire and Jazz Chisholm yeah, for lunch. Yeah. So I'd like to see him against uh, a little bit more of a patient team who can kind of wear him down a little bit. But I was really impressed if, if you know, he was going later in rounds than I thought in a lot of leagues. He was kind of buried on the Yahoo queue I saw. Um, I don't know where he was in the fan tracks, but I think people got fair value on him yeah. in leagues where there was Mets fans trying to grab him. And now you might be looking at, you know, Maybe not a one, but a nice number two, you know, so high it, strikeout. I, yeah, I was, yeah. 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 Like may, may have a blow up start here or there, but definitely has the potential to strike out and, you know, give you a lot of quality innings. Like, you know, on days where he has control, there's going to be amazing, amazing starts. Um, two other guys that I wanted to mention before we wrap up one, Kenta Maeda, who looked really, really good. Uh, in uh, in his first start back, I know there was concern that he left the trainer, but it seems like it was just fatigue. He was one of the guys that you know I knew Van was in India, but I texted him like, "Hey, uh, Maeda looks really, really good. Struck out nine guys in five innings, um, just to give him a heads up on you know, just to keep him on the the big highlights." And then another one 
is Jack Flaherty, who had, I believe, five no-hit innings, but looked pretty, pretty tough. Uh, I think he had seven walks. Uh, the fastball velocity was just 91.5. That was down from 93.4 last year, and then 94 uh, in 2021 and 2020. Uh, when he was really good in, in 2019, when he had that amazing second half, it was 94.5. So three ticks lower from from that you know peak Jack Flaherty. Uh, just does not look like himself. What are your thoughts? Uh, I guess one good, one bad, and the fact that Kenta might have come back from injury, and now Jack Flaherty came back uh, from injury last year, uh, where he just threw thirty six innings. One looked good, one looked bad. What are your What are your thoughts quickly on both those guys before we wrap up? Maeda, the ceiling is low, but the floor is high. You're, it's a guy who can you know churn out quality starts if you need it. You're not going to get the 2020 second in Cy Young yeah, yeah. with 0. 0.7 or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that during a fantasy season, you you can rely on a guy who can be take the ball every fifth day and give you quality innings. And Maeda is that. And um, he's making no money for the Twins. And it's a team that, um, you know, needs starting pitching and they're going to lean on him heavy. Um, first start was great. He didn't walk anybody. Nine Ks. Um, three hits. Marlins like, stuff. Yeah. So a little cold water. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, he he's tough though. Um, I don't think the I think the year he so he missed last year, yes. right? And then the year before that, he wasn't very good. Yeah, and um, like the year before that, like his like there was a lot of hype on him coming out of twenty twenty. I think like he kind of was hurt in spring training, then pitched like the first two months, and it was like up oh, teach like it, it seemed like he tried to he, he tried to avoid Tommy John for for two months essentially, and, and wasn't good so. I'm willing to write off his his 2021 that that year that he came back and eventually had kind of a sneaky game. strikeout yeah, play too. Yeah. Like, like you know, it, it, in 2020 it was 10.8, but then 2021 9.6, and then he struck out nine guys in five innings this year. So like, you don't really think of Maeda as a guy who can who strikes a lot of guys out, but if you're getting quality starts from him when he's striking out like six, seven, eight guys, there's worse things to he's have. He's a two, three upside guy that gets a lot of strikeouts, and I kind of love those guys your staff because like at the very least you're going to get strikeouts and even in not so great starts that's kind of why uh, i think that those guys are are more valuable than just like your steady eddie 8k per nine 3.5 eras like i'd rather have the 380 eras with the 10 strikeout nine you know uh and i think i take the yeah, ball i think that day. that's kind of yeah. what made it can be can do and if he's healthy like knock on wood about that it was just a fatigue thing. Um, there could be a, a really useful fantasy picture there. Uh, in Flaherty, like I drafted him last year as a sleeper, like, you know, as bounce back. Like I just don't see it. And like, unless he comes out and starts pumping 95 again, I have no interest. Yeah. Flaherty is like the vintage 10 stack. Like there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. Yeah. Cause if you would have seen that guy, from when he got drafted and then when he came up, you'd be like, this guy is going to be a perennial Cy Young hitting glove side with like 98 mile an hour with a razor blade slider. And the motion is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, the thing I, with Flaherty, I love though, when Flaherty's he's, good. I love when he's good. He's one of my favorite oh, pitchers. It's, yes. It's, I agree. But the price people paid to get him this year, there's like, you're basically, if we're talking to you and 
Flaherty is important, you have him yes. because no one else is looking to get him, yeah. and you're kind of stuck at this point. Um, hopefully he's not hurt. I watched the first inning against the Blue Jays. He was like all over the yeah. place. And then he kind of got out of it. I was like a three, two slider. And like, I got out of the base loaded, but that inning could have been a blow up. Um, it's, it, it, it just shows you that pitching, you never know. Um, yeah. a guy like him, I, I wouldn't be investing in, but, um, weirder things have happened. So yeah, who knows? It's, it's, it's true. It's true. I, I, I just would need to see the velocity velocity first, uh, come back, uh, hate to end that on a, uh, end this on a, on a down note, especially for van, uh, with his uh, boy, Jack Flaherty in St. Louis, but Hey, he's got Brennan Donovan hitting homers every night for him there. So he'll have, Oh, that. actually one yes. thing, uh, the Francisco Alvarez oh, news, we can yes. talk, touch on. Yes. That. Uh, um, so, um, Narvaez got hurt today, I think, or tweaked something, um, you know, the Mets haven't been scoring runs. I know it's five games in, but people are six, seven games. People are flipping yeah. out, but Alvarez homered, I think today, I think he homered today. And I think he's maybe got two already this year for Syracuse and he's in New York now, or, you know, he's already, he's, he's at city field or in New York, ready to go. If Narvaez goes on the DL. So you could see him DHing, which would be awesome. Cause I called him up last year to DH. You could see him catching, um, I think DH might actually be something he might do. Um, I don't, they don't get Lazardo. They get Edward Cabrera and they get Sandy again. Who they always face. I don't know who that third star is going to be, but you know, if Alvarez is up, grab him because yeah. he's catcher it's, algebra and he's going to stay if he hits. It's, it's worth seeing at least have him on your roster for if he is actually officially called up because he is there as a, as a potential call up if Narvaez needs to go on the IL. So Yes, great call there. Uh, Should have got to that earlier with you. Uh, tapped into the Mets news, but uh, Dan, this was this was awesome. It's it's fun doing this in a more formal setting. It's our normal baseball conversations, but thank you for filling in. You did a great job filling in those big shoes of Van. I hope I did okay in my hosting duties. I know I, I normally sit back and kick the Van with all of his great transitions and, and keeps me in line with my rambles. So, uh, but this was a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks again for coming on. Anytime. Anytime you need to fill in, I'm happy to do it. I'm glad we didn't touch on our fantasy matchup where you're kind of kicking my butt a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's yeah, early. Yeah, it's, er- it's early um, and no one wants to talk oh, here about our own fantasy team. So about your exactly, fantasy team, exactly, right. But, but, you know, thank you for having we gotta me. Touch. And yeah, we'll, we'll do it when, when Van's on too. We'll uh, get everybody together, which, which would be fun. Uh, but that about wraps us up for episode 94 of Wins Above Fantasy. Uh, again, I probably should plug this earlier, uh, but you can follow us at Winds Above Pod on Twitter. Um, I am at Stav8818. Um, my co-host fan is at Van underscore verified. Uh, and Dan, we'll plug your Twitter. You are at DTWEB313, DTWeb313. Uh, give, give our man a follow on Twitter. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Uh, a lot of fun. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Later.